hysteria from believers in some of this, uh, not discounting that the virus is, it is critical, it is something to pay attention to, but it is something that uh, really as ambassadors for Christ should not really be dictating our lives as far as how we think about things and how we move through it. Come over to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and uh, as we begin to think about it and if we, folks who understand the truth, the word rightly divided, if we are in panic mode, fear mode, uh, you, you got 2 Timothy 2, uh, look back over at 2 Corinthians 4, we're going to get over here, but just if, if we have a mentality of, oh my goodness, the sky's falling, then we cannot be an effective ambassador to those around us that need us to be effective. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4 uh, Verse number 7, Paul says, But we have this treasure in earth and vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. You see that issue about we're troubled on every side, yet not what? Distressed. So come back over to 2 Timothy 2. So as we... I just want to spend the morning, uh, this, this first hour, kind of just talking about some of this because if we, who understand the truth, who understand the word rightly divided, who understand what God's doing today, if we then become panicked, then we, be, we literally become ineffective in everything else. And yet we can go to the store, we can hoard, I don't know what it is with toilet paper. Whoever told them they had to hoard toilet paper, I don't, I don't get it, but that's okay. But so here we are, duking it out, rubbing, you know, and, and rather we, have, we should have some peace, some calm about it. And, and again, pay attention. You know, we, we canceled the fellowship, the in-person gathering. Uh, I posted this morning on Facebook about our gathering together is not going to happen, but we're here streaming live. I'm glad you're here, by the way, online. Uh, the, in, in Arizona, we can't gather in more than 10, so I thought about selling tickets for the first 10 in the door and uh, raise a little money that way maybe, but we, we don't have that. We can't do that, So, but yet we can still fellowship over the Internet and so forth, and there are other ministries doing that, and that's wonderful. And yet I think when we come out of this, as a local church, we'll find out that really how we do church will have to be adjusted a little bit, but yet that fellowship is so critical. And if again, if we're out running about, I went to Costco this past week just to see, you know, not that I, I still bought a couple hundred bucks worth of stuff, but just to see what was going on and just to see how things were happening and everything. And, I mean, they're in there pushing, carts banging, and rubbing. I'm, I'm just like, really? You know, now, I got hit a couple times, so I gave them my little look <laughs> about backing off. But the thing of it is, is when we see what's going on and how we respond, it need, we need to just really kind of be reminded of that, I think, this morning. Second Timothy 2, verse number 7. By the way, somebody asked me, you know, you haven't said much about the the, vir the 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 coronavirus and all and and really here in, in in our state we didn't have we were free we were moving around freely till toward the end of the week when the governor kind of shut everything down he didn't do and I'm thankful for it what California and New York did which is you can't leave your home without fear of being shot type of thing and I'm glad he didn't do that but uh, he did do what he did, and so we respect that. We're to be good citizens in the community. I've already spoken to our neighbors about us here, and uh, they were glad to know and see the signs on the door that we're not meeting and stuff, and they were glad that we were taking it serious and so forth. And anyway, 2 Timothy 2, verse 7, the Apostle Paul says, Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. I think we need to remember that. When, to consider what Paul says about this. And when we do that, come, come over to Romans 4, Romans chapter 4. When we do that, when we consider what Paul says, what, what begins to happen, 
get Romans 4 and get Romans 15. Go to Romans 15 for, uh, first. Romans 15. <clears throat> Romans 15 in verse number 13. When, when we think about what Paul says and we consider what he says, and the Lord is going to then give us understanding in all things, not just doctrinal things, but things on how we live our lives and so forth. Uh, Romans 15, verse 13, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that ye may abound in hope. See, if we're going to have joy and peace, we have to consider what's going on with what Paul says. We're going to abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Over to Romans 4. The Holy Ghost, we know, we understand, works through the Word of God. And if we're going to consider what Paul says, then we have to come to the Word of God. Romans 4, verse number 3, the beginning of that verse, the question, we have a little plaque above the door as you come into our, 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 uh, hall, our main room here, and it says, for what saith the Scripture? And that's really the question, is, okay, what does the Scripture say? Well, what begins to happen is, is people begin to ask questions and and I dealt with one on the Facebook page and so forth about healing and everything. But come over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. When we begin to think about what does Paul say, and we're going to consider that, and we begin to think about what we're doing today and, and how our response should be, we can't drift too far from Scripture. When he says there, we're troubled on every side, but yet not distressed. We got all this going on around us, and what begins to come in and calm the moment is the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3, verse number 16, Paul says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And that's a key passage here when we begin to think about what's going on about us is listen, look, you can watch, I spent two days, Linda's working from home, I probably drove her nuts, but I had the news on because I wanted to see what was going on locally. Nat national, naturally, they, all they carried was the national stuff. I wanted to know what was going on locally because so, we had decisions to b make about us meeting and so forth. And, you, you know, the president would get up, Two, I could, I, could you imagine standing in front of reporters for two hours? I couldn't imagine doing that, but they did. And then to hear some of the wonderful questions that were asked, you know, back, and that's a joke. So there's nobody in the room to hear them laugh, but they're laughing. I, I know you are, okay? And so forth. But the thing of it is, is you can watch that stuff until you are so, you, you, you are just, you're in the closet and you're never coming out. Or you're so angry that you're down at the gun shop buying everything off the shelf. So you can swing. Paul says, no, we want the man of God to be perfect, mature. How does that happen? That happens from considering what the Word says. Come back over to 1 Thessalonians 2. Know what the Word of God says. Know what God says and how He's going to function and how He's going to work. And have that begin to work in us. We've been studying here for a long, for, the, for 20 years, last year, 21 years this year going into it. And probably for the last 15 or better, I've been pounding about be who you are in Christ, know who you are in Christ, walk as who you are in Christ. Because if Christ in your thinking is matching up with what, how the book says and the word of God says, then when this stuff comes up, Yes, you're going to go take care of your family. You know, yes, you're going to go down there and get the toilet paper and the stuff that you need. And yes, you're going to be mindful of who you come in contact with. Yes, you're going to obey the law of the land because we're good ambassadors and we're going to do that. Yes, you're going to do that. Yes, you're going to watch the news. Yes, you're going to look at the Internet. But it doesn't begin to run you and to control you. 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse number 13, Paul says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which ye heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, 
but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. His word is going to work in your will. Over in Philippians 2, he says that it's God who works and to do his good pleasure in you. Uh, Philippians 2, I'll give you the reference, verse 13. For it, is God's, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. It's, and how does he do that? He does it through his word. It's going to produce in you a physical activity, some things that are, you're gonna, that's going to calm you, that's going to have some peace and joy. And it's going to work in your inner man. Uh, come on over to Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, it, it's a wonderful thing when you, again, think about this and the issues here that, are, that come up. Hebrews 4 verse 12, a verse we all know about the Word of God and a verse that we all are very familiar with. But here's how this works. You know, some, one time a guy said, well, but Rick, how does that work? Well, here's how the work works effectually in you that believe. What does it do? Verse 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto, unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. First of all, by the way, just notice how the word of God is interchanged with God himself. But notice verse 12 carefully. The word of God is quick. We usually run up and say it means alive, and it does mean alive, but it also means quick, fast. You know, the, the athletes run the 40-yard the dash, and they're doing it under four, whatever, four, four point, you know, four seconds or whatever. It takes me four hours, but it, they're doing it quick. The word is designed to work quickly. It's powerful. It's designed to come along and to have some power in your life and to work in your life and to work in that inner man and, and, to, and, to, and to begin to become the source of everything that we think about and have our mind stayed on. It's sharper. Boy, the sharpness of it. Than, than, a two, than any two-edged sword. I don't know if you've ever seen a two-edged sword. Usually I carry a knife, and it's a flip-out knife, and it only has one edge, but a two-edge cuts going in and coming out. It's piercing. It's dividing. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It's going to lay you naked out before the Lord. That's a powerful thing. That word comes along and begins to work in you. And it begins to, to, to do this quickly as we begin to study and, and we begin to learn over the years and have that walk of faith. And we begin to have that issue where we're taking the word of God in and, and we're looking at it. And, and he's going to work in us to do his good pleasure. It's going to do it quickly if we, as long as we believe it. And that's really the hardest part. When God said to Adam and Eve, come back there to, to uh, 2 Timothy, uh, you know, go on over to 1 Corinthians 10. When God said to Adam and Eve, hey, you can, don't eat of that tree, and he gave them the, the, the edict and everything, what, what begins to happen then is Eve fumbles the ball and so forth. That was quick. It didn't take days. It just took moments. And it begin, he begins to work. But he's going to work in and through the Scriptures. So the best thing to do then is to go look at the Scriptures. Notice, if you will, 1 Corinthians 10. And, and I'm just going to look at a few verses we're all familiar with. But just really to remind you, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll get back up and get running, okay? Um, I always kid when the guys fill in, it's easier to talk to a full room than it is a small room, an empty room. And it is because when the room is empty, you go quicker through your material because there's nobody giving you that crazy look like you're going way too fast. <laughs> 
Now, I know on the internet, probably people are looking going, you're going too fast. But it, it is, and by the way, there are three, four of us in the room, five of us in the room, okay? Uh, Ricky behind the scenes, and then my wife decided to join this morning. My daughter says, well, you canceled church, so I'm staying home. <laughs> well, you know, typical kid. So I'm like, okay. And then a couple of the board members are here as well just to make sure that uh, everything's open. 1 Corinthians 10, if you will. Notice, if you will, verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. That's a wonderful verse in the present distress. What's going on? People say, well, how can good things happen to bad people? Why does God let this happen or that happen? You know, God had nothing to do with the, with the virus. China did. Sorry, that's where it came from. Man had an issue with it. Not God. But notice how your, your thinking should be. Therefore hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. You know, this pandemic, this, this emergency, it's hit everybody across the world, some heavier than others, some less than others. I mean, there for a while, Russia didn't have one reported incident. Now they do, but they, and it's like, okay, how'd, they, how'd that happen, you know? Well, it is what it is. It happened how it did. Who knows? But notice, it's, this is happening to everyone. Again, I went, I'm in line at Costco. The lady in front of me, she's an elderly lady. She's not moving as fast as everybody else to keep... You know how when you see a gap in the line and you're like, all right, move up, close the gap? She wasn't able to do that. So the lady behind me says, passing on the left, and took off. And the guy behind her goes, well, that was rude. <laughs> you know? Well, it's, it's a situation where everybody's in. It's nothing different. I ordered some books on Amazon to come two weeks out to be delivered when it would normally be next day. Well, what happens? Well, they're a little busy right now. So, okay, I can wait two weeks. It's common. They closed the schools down. Uh, we're down to April 10th, I think it is now. Okay, what do you do? Well, now, now people understand what homeschooling's all about. You know, I, I love the, the stuff on the Facebook has been fabulous, you know, about uh, how can I get this kid transferred to another class? <laughs> You know, I think the best one I saw, and I shared this one, was the guy, the announcers are all laid out, and, and it, the thing says, uh, the, look on, on the, the look on your face when your brother tells your mom she's not a good teacher, <laughs> or something. It's just, you know, the in, ingenuity and the genius of men. But the, see, the thing is, is all that's going on, but it's going on for everybody. We're all in the same boat. This is a wonderful verse that God's not picking on anybody. He doesn't intervene this way anyway. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. But it's what? It's common to man. The issues of life are common to everyone. Whether we're in the middle of a, of a virus or, or an emergency, or, or after this is all over and life goes back to whatever normal is for you, guess what? it's going to still be common to everybody. You can find others who are going through the same thing that you're going through. Again, the curse of sin on creation is not, it's, it's random and it's common to everybody. And there's no special test or punishment or treatment. And you should understand that. That when this stuff happens and we got to shut down and we got to do this and we got to curtail that, you really quickly, you know, it's, fan, it's fabulous to know that you don't need pro sports. It's fabulous to know you don't need sports at all. Now, again, I know people work in that industry, and it hurts them. I, I'm not, but it's not, a, it's not a what? It's not a main thing anymore in our lives. When before, we always eat, drink for, the, for football on Saturday and football on Sunday, it's not that way anymore. We're learning something different, aren't we? That, hey, you know, I think the craziest thing 
was watching, and I don't usually watch wrestling, WWE, but it just happened to pop up on Friday night before we could get it flipped off over to a movie that we were going to watch. And the arena was empty. And yet there sits the guy at the table doing the announcements, the music's blaring, and in comes John Cena and another guy, and they're up in each other's face in the ring, and they're going at it, and it's, but there's no yays and there's no boos. And it was pathetic. <laughs> it really was. And I'll be honest with you, you already knew that was all a put-on anyway, but that just sealed the deal. Why? Because nobody's there. They cut everybody out. Again, what does the verse say? It's common to man. It's going to happen across the road. The issues of trouble come, in this case, because, like Romans 8 tells us, of a sin-cursed creation. But, now, but notice what comes next. By the way, just to remind you, you, you do suffer because we live in Romans 8, a sin-cursed situation. But in Galatians 6, he says that you reap what you sow. So if you make dumb decisions, you're going to reap dumb. If you make good decisions, you reap good. The law of the harvest, they call it. Then over here in Timothy, he says, if you live godly, you're going to suffer. And we understand that. But notice the rest of the verse. But God, don't miss the but gods. They're wonderful. But God is faithful. He's given us an internal fortification in who we are in Christ that enables us to endure whatever the test, the trial, the situation, the circumstances of life is. And he's made a way, the end of that verse, to escape it, to get through it. By the way, if you look at the end of the verse, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Whatever the difficulty is, and right now it's the present situation, you can get up underneath it and bear it. You're sufficient. You're complete. You're blessed to come then and to live as who you are in Christ in the moment and say, hey, we can have victory here. We can come along and we can say, it's a good thing, and we can get through it. And we can come along and we can say, you know what? The Lord is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. Think about that. Uh, hold, on to, hold on to the verse here, 1 Corinthians 10. Look over at 2 Corinthians 9, a, a verse that in the context sits in, in the issue of giving and in the issue of of proving the sincerity of your love. And uh, I guess this would be a good place to plug the offering box uh, and so forth. And, and you know how to do that. It's sitting back there, <laughs> but uh, you're not here. So you have the online ability to give through Zelle and PayPal, or you can send it through the mail to the P.O. box and so forth. And I trust that you'll be faithful to continue to do that. But the thing is, is notice verse 8. And God is able. Well, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he said what? God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that? Ye are able. God is able. Ye are, we are able. God has made the situation of who we are in Christ. God has made us able. Chapter 9, verse 8, he says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency, all grace, all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. And, and again, the good work in the context is the issue of proving the sincerity of your love. But if you think about in the situation we're in now, the good work would be to maintain a level-headedness, not get off in the panic. Take care of your family. Take care of what you need to take care of, but don't go run to the, to the left and don't go run to the right. Just stay, stay steady in the middle. Sufficient. All grace. All sufficiency. That, that word sufficient, I have written in my Bible, able to stand alone, lacking nothing. 
man, he's abounded to us in all. And because of who we are in Christ, we are equipped to stand complete, lacking literally nothing. Come back to 1 Corinthians 10. By the way, I think about things as we go along, and I know I say by the way a lot. But by the way, <laughs> 1 Timothy 6, what does he say? Contentment with godliness is great gain. He tells the Philippians, in whatsoever state I am in, I've learned to be what? Content. We're learning to be content in a new environment in our life around us. You know? How many of us probably eat out three or four or five times a week? Now, you, you, yeah, me. <laughs> Raise our hands. You know? No? Okay, we got one holier than thou in the back. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, he looks like he does, exactly. But see, the thing is, is now we can't. So now we're picking restaurants that have what? Drive-throughs and order-aheads. See, that's a little change. Or now we're eating more at home, you know, and cleaning out the freezer or adding to the freezer, whatever the case may be. Chapter 10, verse 13. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. Able, the ability to... To, to get through it. That's why he says, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape. Now, if the verse ended there, we'd be good because what would we be looking for? Where's the escape route? We were watching some movie last night. I, had, I watch a lot of movies, and this one I had never seen. And there, the, the earth's crust is falling apart and all this stuff, so they're running to these ark boats that they built because the water and all, you know, all this stuff. I came in you know, late in the movie, but I got the gist pretty quick, and they were looking for a map. Give us the route to get there. We need a way to escape. And he says, I've given you one, and you know what it is? That you may be able to bear it. That's the route. That's the mechanism. The sufficiency of God's grace will cause you to be able to bear it. It will not destroy you. But I'll tell you what, I say that, and the instantly what comes to my mind is if you believe the verse. And that's really the problem. That's really the deficiency that we have is we don't believe the verses. We would rather have a verse come along and say, hey, everything's going to be okay and pat you on top of the head, and usher you over, and the Word of God says, no, you're going to have the ability to deal with it and to work through it. So what is the escape route? What is it? It's the Word of God. It's the ability in who you are in Christ to bear it. Come over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let me give you a reference here to help you be able to bear it to be able to work through it, to give you an idea. Uh, it's fab I've, I've said it for years. The Word of God will help you at every turn in life, everything. You know, you pray for stuff. You get an answer from prayer from the Word of God. God does not reach down out of heaven's glory, and, and boom, there it is. If he did work that way, then it's like last week we were talking about that mega church in California, and they shut down all their healing programs. And he, they quit going to the hospitals and all that stuff. Why? Why would you do that if he was working that way? Why wouldn't you be bolstering it up and spreading it out and recruiting more people? Let's go. But it, he doesn't work that way. And the shysters, I mean, the guys at the megachurch know it. They understand that. 2 Corinthians 4, look at verse 7. We have this vessel, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency may be of uh, uh, the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. This treasure, the the wonderful ability to come to the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, the end of verse six there. This treasure of of knowing that we preach not ourselves, verse five, but Christ Jesus the Lord. Knowing about this issue of the wonderful grace of, the, of, of, of God that we have, and we understand that message. The treasure sits where? In an earthen vessel. I, I don't know if you've ever paid attention to, 
to, in, in Scripture, the issues of vessels, earthen, it, it can be what? Broken. It can be laid, laid, laid to bare. They can come along and, and it can be broken. He says, hey, it, they're fragile. I put this message in a bunch of fragile people. People that can, are easily broken. So that the power of it rests in me. If you, if you look back up to the top of the page, chapter 3, verse 5, Paul has already told us, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. He's already told us that. He's, he's already looked over and said, hey, God's able to make you what? All sufficient. He's the one that has fixed it so you can escape. He's the one that's fixed the way to escape. Down in chapter 4 here, verse 8, he says, okay, look at your frailty. Look at, your, look at you and where he, your, your weakness. Look at this. We are troubled on every side. What usually happens when we get trouble? Well, you see it going on. Panic, distress, fear, anxiety. people not thinking rationally. And he says, yet not distressed. Isn't that interesting? He says, yeah, you, you, got, you got stuff. The rest of that verse, we are perplexed. Boy, what a word. <laughs> but not in despair. You got stuff going on all around you, whether you're here in Arizona or wherever you're at. And what begins to happen is, is we begin to walk by sight and not by faith. So we fumble the ball. We become broken. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Notice the weighing of the balance in your life. Trouble, perplexity, persecuted, cast down is balanced out by who you are in Christ in that there is no distress. There's no despair. There's no, there's an understanding that we're not forsaken. There's an understanding that we are not destroyed. It's fantastic. Always bearing about in the, Lord, in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. If you have a trouble understanding what body means there, look at verse 11. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. That's wonderful. What hope, what peace, when, we're, when we have our thinking and we have our thought processes and our mind stayed upon who we are in Christ. That old earthen vessel, it can be broken, but man, when we look over and we say, I got what's going on, don't get me wrong. And it's important that you do what you, know, do what you can do to be healthy and have others around you be healthy and right. But man, the driving point is, you know what? <laughs> it isn't that fear stuff that you see out there in the world about you. And when you have peace, when you have joy, when, you ha when you're relaxed, then you begin to impact those around you. Just this morning, our neighbors, we were out uh, just really just putting up some signs on the doors just to let if anyone were to come to know what was going on. And they're looking. How many people are going to show up? Are they paying attention to what's going on? I mean, last week we had a room full of people. And, and, you know, and so I spoke with our neighbors. And it's like, hey, you know, look, we're, we're streaming online. We're doing our part. Because what are they doing? They're watching. 
Now, granted, we could have filled the room this morning and been glad to do it, and it, nothing would have happened or come out of it, but what was our testimony into the community? That's what we're talking about. You have a testimony into your family of being that ambassador, I call it, being who you, you, you need to be and so forth. I got a letter this week. I'm just going to read a little paragraph because it fits with this. While the world's response to the present distress, that's where I got the title for today, by the way, itself a stark reminder of our mortality, is marked by fear and hysteria that leads to panic and self-preservation. We can model peace and calm in the midst of the rising anxiety all about us. Don't neglect this opportunity to make known the hope we have in Christ Jesus, how he rescued you from the universal epidemic of sin and the penalty of death to make known that real hope is not found in remaining healthy on this side of eternity. And I read that and I was like, Dad said it well, because that's what it is. You drop down in this verse, in this chapter, and you look at verse 15. For all things are for your sake. Doesn't he say rejoice in all things, give thanks? For all things, verse 15, are for your sakes. Well, okay, why is that? I, I'm trying to escape it. I'm trying to bear it. I'm trying to get through it. That, here's why all things are for your sakes. Here's why when things come up in life, I tell you, being a school bus driver, you know, we're out of school. The school districts say, we're going to pay you. The governor says, we're going to pay you. You're going to be paid. You're going to, all that stuff. And that's wonderful. But I think about the people who are let go who aren't going to be paid. I'm talking about stressor. Now how do I pay bills? How do I feed? How do I do? That's stressful. But you know what? As a believer, it's for my sake. That, the abundant grace. Isn't that interesting? Abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Boy, isn't that wonderful? Hey, how this, this present distress, the moment, it's got us. And we have an opportunity to, to be who we are in Christ and to, and to have a positive influence on those around us, on our neighbors. That the abundant grace, don't forget that. For which cause we faint not. Boy, we stay the course. We don't give up. We're fighting the good fight. The outward man does what? It perishes, doesn't it? Man, we're going to talk next hour about the glory, God's glory plan and Paul in the heavens and getting up into the heavens and stuff. And it's wonderful to know where you're going. <laughs> It's wonderful to know the plan. Why? Because that old outward man perishes. It just gets, it's going to get worse and worse. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. We take in the word. We renew our minds. We read three chapters a day. We do whatever we're doing. We study. We look at things. We read. We study. We look at things. Guess what we do? We read. We study. We look at stuff. Yeah, just Pete and repeat fell on the bridge. Pete fell off. Who was left? Repeat. You just why? Because what happens is is then we get a we get a thinking process of verse seventeen for our light affliction. Isn't that interesting? I was I was reading this verse. I was thinking about some things and with everything that's going on and 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 watching people and, and answering a couple emails. The light affliction which is but for a moment. That's why I posted that little thing on, the, a little joke thing on Facebook where the man looks at the Lord and says, you know, how long is a, is a second for you, God? And God says it's a million years. How much is, I can't even think of it now, worth? And he said, just a penny. And the man says, well, give me a penny. And God says, wait a second, you know. You can go on my Facebook, it's on there, okay? But the reason I did that and thought of that was a light affliction, it's but for a what? For a moment. 
for the moment when you think about you're having that inner man renewed day by day, and for the moment when you think about eternity. It works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. We renew our minds. We're, we're, we have our thinking processes renewed and regenerated and re, 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 uh, re-energized. Then we look around us and you know what? It's for a moment. Now April 10th is three weeks away. We've already been in this five weeks when it gets said and done by April 10th. It's already going. And we're going, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Am I going to have enough toilet paper? <laughs> well, you know, I, the other thing on Facebook was about 2053. We're finally using the last of the toilet paper Grandpa bought in 2020. <laughs> you know, that's a joke. Okay, somebody got it. Okay. But see, the thing is, is, hey, it's, a, it's for the moment. Reality I, I, we were, I was, we were watching something last night, and uh, it was a commercial for live PD. And he's like, this isn't reality, this is real. <laughs> In other words, this is not reality TV, this is real. Well, re- real, real reality is difficult. But you know what? We adjust our thinking to it. We remember the abundant grace. We remember who we are in Christ. We remind ourselves. We consider what Paul says. He gives us understanding in all things. We come over here and we're going to say, what does the scripture say about this? What does, this, what does the word of God say concerning this? And you know what it does to our thinking? It adjusts our thinking. It comes along and Romans 8.18 comes up. Man, when the trouble of life comes... It's light when you compare it to the weight of glory that's coming our way. As we successfully work down through it, as we successfully move through it, Romans 8.18, the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Man, when when you think about it like that, and you think about that movement and when things come, It's only the moment. And when we properly think about the situation, when we properly think about the present distress, and I know we're talking about the coronavirus today in 2020, but you can talk about this in any of it, in anything, at any time. When we work through it properly, and we we begin to understand that God has fixed us in His grace, so much, so sufficient that when we go through it, it's just a light affliction for the moment. And you know what it begins to do? It begins to work in us. It begins to to bring some internal fortitude. It begins to come in and begins to work in you. And then when you look around and you, 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 again, I'm not discounting the, re- the reaction. But what I'm talking about is have that reaction be tempered by, well, what verse 18 is going to tell us, a walk of faith. Here's what a walk of faith looks like, verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen. Well, if we looked at the things which are seen, what do we see? I don't know what the numbers were this morning because I didn't look because I was busy. But what is it, almost 8,000 deaths worldwide? Something like that, okay? We've had one here in the state of Arizona. And yet, what happened when we had the one here locally? Immediately, the governor shut everything down. What's going on? When you look at the things which are seen, panic, hysteria, when you begin to look at the things that are going on about us, instantly fear grips, distress, perplexity comes in. And yet, really, what should happen? Well, we should look at the things which are not seen. Allow the Word to to educate us, to remind us. None of this is, by the way, a quick fix to the problem of life. 
for the things which are seen are, isn't that interesting, temporal. Light affliction, for the moment, temporal. Because what's going to happen? It's here one minute, it's, something else is coming, something else is coming, something else is coming. Ricky and I were talking yesterday, and maybe it was Ricky or Greg or somebody, and we were talking about there was a book written back in the 80s, and it mentioned the coronavirus back in the 80s. <laughs> I said, somebody on Facebook asked if anyone's checked with the Simpsons what's going to happen because they had been apparently predicting everything pretty good so far. What happened? It's all temporal. It's for the moment. But man, we should be about the things which are not seen are eternal. You see, folks, God's grace has equipped you and I He's equipped you to carry you through the problems of life. And the power of his word in the inner man, renewed day by day, causes you, causes me to have victory. Not only in life, but in his grace, regardless of the circumstances of life. And again, it all gets back to all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Why? So that the man of God will stand there perfect. Stand there able to help family, friends, neighbors. Not preach at them, but have a calming thing and have them be able to look at you and say, okay, what's going on with you? Why aren't you in the hysteria? Not that you're not concerned about things, but why isn't that concern now running your life? And I think too often times that's what's happened with us. Now, all of that's wonderful. All that is reminder. How do we move all of that now into the details of life? Well, first of all, you have to know about what we just did for the last... 45 minutes. You've got to know these verses. You've got to understand where they are. You've got to have them in your inner man. That's why we study. That's why, uh, come over to Philippians. I have Philippians chapter 3. I have a, a, a ministry verse, 2 Corinthians 1. But then this is my ministry verse number 2. Philippians 3 verse 1. It's a wonderful verse, and I'm glad it sits in the Scriptures. Finally, my brethren. (laughs) And then he goes on for another two chapters. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. You see, folks, you need to know the information. That's why we study it. That's why we go over it, over it, over it, over it, and over it. That's why the issues of the grace life, we talk about constantly, continually. Why? Not because I can't study and come up with something else new for you, but because that's what you need here in life. Because what's going to happen then after you get to know this stuff and you begin to live life a little bit, then you're going to have to have a need for it. And I'll be honest with you, right now we all need it. We're going to have to recognize the need for the information. You need this. You need it in your life. You need it in in you so that you're able to then calmly and effectively deal with those around you. And to look up, call on your parents, call on your friends. We have folks that... I've checked on here that are elderly, and, you know, and I say that lightly because I'm going to be elderly here in a day or two. The thing, and again, a joke, folks, okay? <laughs> you know, it's hard to tell a joke with the room is empty, you know, because there's no feedback. But, look, you, you check on them. You pay attention to what's going on. We're not living with our head dug down in the sand. Yet we're living with an understanding of the word, understanding of the... Consider what I say, and the Lord give the understanding in all things, because we need it. Because right now about us is the perplexity, is the distress, is the fear, is all of that. And then thirdly and finally, 
Come back there to 2 Corinthians 5. We have to do what verse, 2 Corinthians 4.18 said, but 2 Corinthians 5 says it clearly. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. The third issue is that we need to depend on it. We need to trust it. We need to trust the abundant grace. We need to trust the all-sufficiency. We need to trust what the Word of God tells us. And when we do that, so you got three ways to move this all into your life. we got three ways to bring it off the page and to appropriate it into life. One, you got to know about the information. Again, that's why we study. Two, you have to have a need for it. But you have to recognize that you do need it. And I'll just tell you, folks, you need this stuff every day. You don't need a big event to cause you to need to know who you are in Christ. But then you got to, then the third issue is you got to depend on it. You've got to do what 2 Corinthians 5, 7, you got to walk by faith. Because when you do that, then the word of God will effectually work in you also that believe. Because it's real. And it's important. And it's what will get you through the present distress. It's what, you, it's what will get you through what's going on today, currently, in March of 2020. But it will also get you through what's going to happen coming at us in the future. As long as the Lord tarries, as long as he leaves his body here, you and I, our job is to be that ambassador to the world out there to make all men see, to put it on display, to do it in our communities, to do it in our personalities and the way that we deal and do, but it's to have that walk of faith. Okay? All right. Dearly Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word, and above all, Lord, we just thank you for your abundant grace. And we'll give you the praise and the honor. In your name we pray. Amen.